Welcome to the Save Your Marriage by Restoring the Man podcast, dedicated to all the men who are going through marital problems and want to save their marriages, with host Arturo Henriquez and sponsored by The Fortified Spouse. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the podcast. Uh, Before we get started, please, please, if you like this podcast, if you like these episodes, please leave your rating, please leave a comment. It helps with the algorithm which allows us to reach more men who are going through marital problems like yourselves. And also, if you want a private complimentary call with myself, go to www.fortifiedspouse.com forward slash call, C-A-L-L, and we will talk about your particular situation. Again, it's complimentary and it's in private. I had this discussion with a man this morning, and it's kind of the same discussion I've had with many men over time and also some women. They Come and they say, will your information help with this situation, with my situation? And I will always say, well, there are tools there that can help you work on your marriage and save it. And you need to decide if it fits you. And this person said, I will do anything to save my marriage. And that's always my biggest concern. If somebody actually lives out that belief that they'll do actually anything to save their marriage. Now, what he was telling me was that he was ready for anything to help the relationship. Now, let me reassure you that this person who was talking with me is not the only person I've heard this from. In fact, this is a very, very common phrase I hear from people where they're just, you know, they'll they'll just say, I'll do anything to save my relationship. My first question is, what have you done so far? And a lot of times it's as if they've done everything right. They've tried everything left, right, and center. And that's part of the problem. So here's why I have a concern with that. The statement, I will try anything to save my marriage, is out of desperation. That's where it comes from, that feeling of desperation, that darkness. And I just want to say that desperation is never, never the best guide for what you're going to do. It's never the best guide for choosing your actions. In fact, it's one of the worst guides. Now, desperation is a natural place to be. It's a fear response that feels like the whole world is crushing in on your whole world, is crushing down because of what's going on in the relationship, and it can make you feel desperate to do anything. Because I've been there. I just want to caution that if part of what's driving you is desperation, be very careful to allow that to be your guide. Now, that may be the starting point for a process, but it doesn't need to be the guiding force for a process. See, we live in a world that's dripping with information, but not all information is good. It's just that we're dripping in information. We're overwhelmed by it. If you go to the internet... And you can find absolutely anything and everything to support any and every position. And it can be there from people who know what they're doing. And it can be there from people who have not a clue what they're doing. It can be from credible sources or it could be from non-credible sources. And just because it's out there doesn't mean you have to pursue it. So instead of doing anything to save a relationship, I suggest that people decide to do something to save their marriage. Not everything, not anything, but something. And to aim that very carefully in the direction that makes sense in their life because the information 
is going to come at you from every single direction. You can go to the bookstore and go to the self-help section and find book after book after book after book on marriage. Some of them will be helpful. Some of them will not be. You can go on to websites and find site after site after site and go to forums and, you know, forums after forums and blogs and blogs. And and some of them will have useful information and some will not. So one of the things I do with people who have come through my site is to give them access to information that I think makes sense. I actually send them to a Facebook group where we give information about the program. Of course, we don't give them everything, but we give them information so they understand what we're doing. Part of the reason I do these podcasts is so that I can get out information that I think makes sense. Now, not everybody's going to agree with me. Not everyone's going to like what I have to say, but I think it makes sense, and I think it's a sensible approach. So when I tell people about information, it's because I have already looked at it. I already know what's there. I already understand where it's coming from, and I agree with where it's coming from. So what I want to propose is that perhaps there are some rules to help you think through what you should do and what information you should follow and how you can make the choice on what's something to do rather than trying to do anything and everything or trying to really do whatever is thrown at you or the first thing you see. So when you find information, I would suggest that there are five things you want to use as filters for understanding that information. And they're very simple filters, but they're very important because they're going to move you out of desperation and they're going to move you into a place of sensibility to make you choose the right things. Now, let me tell you the difference between this and the desperation approach. If you do the desperation, if you grab anything you can and you try everything you can and anything that crosses your desk or or comes across your computer it fodders your efforts. You end up with a very, very confused spouse and also a very confused you. You end up with a very confused self. You end up with very little change and you end up with what often looks like a train wreck of a situation because you've come at it from desperation and fear. Now, desperation and fear, if you've ever watched an animal who's desperate or fearful, They're kicking and screaming and moving in every direction all at once, making a lot of noise. Sometimes they get away from the predator, but only shortly. And so the same thing is true with you. As you're making a lot of noise, you might get a little attention. But don't assume that attention means that anything long-term has changed. And your spouse is going to be standing back going, what is going on here? And let me give you an example. I've heard people who will start off with begging and they'll go to pleading and then they'll go to threatening. Now, begging and pleading kind of kind of go together, right? Threatening is at the opposite end. And then they try to amicably, you know, do everything their spouse wants them to. And then they try reverse psychology. And then they might cast a spell or find someone who casts a spell and then they start telling their spouse what's wrong with them, psychologically speaking. And then they might even have a little crisis of their own. And around and around and around it goes. And you might even get your children as allies or your friends. And around and around it goes. 
And you can find support out there for every one of those actions. Support does not equal success and support does not equal functional. It just means somebody's willing to listen and hope for the best with you. So let's talk about these five rules that I would like for us, for you to use to access information and to decide if it's something you want to work towards. If it doesn't meet any of these five factors, toss it aside. Don't continue as you go through these factors. Okay, so the first one is, is this person qualified to help? Is the person qualified to help? Now, that does not mean that they have to have the highest degree and have published lots of books and have lots and lots of articles and be held out as a name. In fact, I don't, I don't have a therapy degree. I have an NLP and, and cognitive therapy apprentice license, but I do have six years of coaching almost a thousand men. And I also have the scars and the experience and the journey of being in your shoes being in that desperation mode and being able to seek out help, finding just very qualified mentors who helped me become the person that I am today and save my marriage and in the process pivot and change my vocation to helping men through their marriage crises. And six years later, here I am. And our success rate has been about 85% success rate with all the men that have come through our program, through our coaching, through our mentoring. And so you can judge whether that's qualification enough or not. The point is that you have to find people that are qualified, right? Now, there's other people out there that you may not have heard from because they're not in the media and they are excellent therapists, they're excellent coaches. They're excellent researchers, and they're putting out good information that maybe has not made it into the mainstream. That does not mean it's bad information. But what I'm talking about are people that you can't figure out where they're coming from. You can't figure out where their pedigree is, what their experience is. It may be that they are a marketer who can't tell you anything about any of their qualifications because they have none, but they're able to speak your language and touch upon your pain points because they're very good in marketing. Because all they're doing is creating a marketing product, but they don't have any skills. They don't have any training. They don't have any experience working with marital crises with men. And what they've done is decided that it is really a good market for them to make a good, fast dollar. And one where they can excel in. And so if you can't find a good pedigree of why this person should be telling you what to do, then you need to disregard it. Even if you think, well, that's an interesting idea. They need to be coming at it from a trained perspective and one with deep experience. They need to have training in some manner. They need to have worked with couples. They need to have worked with men or women. And they need to have a success record that you can look at. The second question is, does the situation they're talking about match your situation? And there are places where you can say, okay, this is just like my situation. Or you would be going, this has nothing to do with my situation. But I'm willing to do anything, so I'll try it out. The reason that this is important is because a lot of times people come at it from a very different perspective. And 
it can work in a certain perspective. It can work in a certain situation, but it cannot apply in every single situation. So you want to make sure that what you're doing is matching up the situation with the solution. The danger is trying to apply a solution with that situation. That's why when I am talking about information, I come up and help you assess where you are in the process because that changes even how you move forward. We talk about the five stages. And so most men come in when they're stage zero or in stage one because that's where we add the most value. So make sure whatever information you're getting matches your situation. The third thing is, is the suggestion or the approach compatible with your morals and standards? I call this the smell and taste test. Can you look at that information and say, you know what? That really does fit me well. I mean, that really kind of fits into my morals and my standards. For instance, let's say that you really are not that big on manipulation. If you find something that is very manipulative, you may decide that really doesn't match your morals. It really doesn't match your ethical place in the world. For some people, it might be, there may be people who say, yes, I'm all about manipulation. I'm a Machiavellian at heart. And so I will do all the manipulation I have to, to get this turned around. But you've got to ask, is it matching? Because if you're a, a Machiavellian, I can promise you it's not my information you'll be attracted to. It might be somebody else's, but mine is not based on manipulation. Mine is based on creating an honest, open, and growing relationship. If that is not your place, though, then find one. That is, all I'm suggesting is that you want to make sure that whatever information you're pulling from meets your smell and taste test, that you can sniff it and it smells okay, that you can taste it and it is compatible with your taste buds. It fits into your moral fiber. That is nothing that you find to be offensive or dangerous. And that's a big one for me. If you from a long way away are going, wait, something doesn't feel right here. Don't then say, well, if it'll work, I'll do it. Recognize that it doesn't fit with your ethics and your morals. You need to walk away as quickly as possible. Number four, can I do this in good conscience? I call this the mirror test. So you've got the smell test and now the mirror test. Can you imagine yourself following through on that advice that's been given? The reason I say it's the mirror test is because you want to be able to stand in front of your mirror in your bathroom and say, I did that and I feel good about it. Really? That is one of my bottom layer places where I want people to be able to be at the end of the process. Not every marriage is going to be saved. But the question is, at the end of the process, can you look in the mirror and say, I did everything I could. I did everything I knew how to do and everything I could do within my conscience to save this relationship. And if you're looking at yourself in the mirror and say, I can't do that and feel good about myself. I can't feel good about the process that I'm going through. Then again, you need to walk away. You don't do anything when you cannot stand in the mirror and say, yes, I approve of this. I approve of me taking action on that specific thing. To me, this is just one of those uh, big life skills that no matter how good the situation comes along, you need to be able to look in the mirror and say, yes, I'll do that. You know, I've had several businesses come my way that failed the mirror test. I looked at them and said, you know what? 
it's a good opportunity. Probably lots of people are making a lot of money on this, but I can't look at myself in the mirror and say, I agree with that. I can't look in the mirror and say, I can stand behind me doing that, selling that product or that service. Somebody else may be able to. That's up to them. That's between them and their mirror. But you want to make sure that your actions in the world, no matter what it is, including working on your marriage, can stand the mirror test. Many times when we feel that desperation, something's pinching at us. We set aside the mirror test. We set aside and decide to embrace something else just because it feels like we have to do because we're coming from a place of desperation and fear. There's no place that is worth not being able to look in the mirror and say, I approve of myself doing that. The last thing, and number five, is it compatible with what I'm already doing? Let's say you've already started a path. Maybe you found information, my information, or somebody else's information. You read something, then you need to measure and say, I've already accepted this method. This is the approach I'm following. Does this now follow that if what you're next going to do does not fit in, is not compatible with what you're doing? You either need to say, yeah, this other one was never really what I needed to be doing or say, no, I'm not going to go in this new approach. Now, let me be clear that there's a lot of people, there's a lot of people, a lot of experts, a lot of authors, a lot of trainers, researchers, therapists, coaches who have some very similar approaches. And usually that's because we're on the same track. We see the same truths. We may say it differently. We may add an extra spin to it, but we're basically compatible with each other. And then there are places where there's a huge incompatibility, either in worldview or approach. And that's the discerning eye saying, does this really go with what I'm already doing? Does it change the direction? If it changes the direction, don't just follow that path. You may say, wow, you know what? I've been on a very utilitarian approach. I've been very Machiavelli about this. I've been very manipulative about this. And I realize that's not where I need to be. This other path, it's about honesty. It's about commitment. It's about connection. It's about becoming a better me. That's the path I want to go. Well, then you can change paths, but do it consciously. And then don't add on things that don't make sense. Only add things that add to the value of the direction you're already headed on. Okay, so one more time, let's think about this. The goal here is to not do anything to save your marriage. It's to do something to save your marriage. Something that makes a lot of sense to you. Something that really fits into your worldview. So don't allow the desperation to be your guide. Don't allow the fear to be your guide. Instead, ask yourself five questions as you look at this information. Number one, is this person qualified to help me? Number two, does this situation that they're talking about match my situation? Number three, is the suggestion or approach compatible with my morals and standards? Does it pass the smell and taste test? Number four, can I do it in good conscience? The mirror test. And number five, is it compatible with what I'm doing? The last question you may say, it's not compatible, but it's the better approach. Or you may say, yes, it fits in. Either way, 
you need to at least be asking the question, is it compatible with what I'm doing? If you're ready to find an approach and you haven't yet, I urge you to look into the Fortified Spouse Program. It's tested. It's proven. But do find the approach that works. The danger is, instead of doing anything and everything because of desperation, is doing nothing. That's even a bigger danger. So you want to do something, but you want to do something that makes sense. Thank you for listening. You have been listening to the podcast, Save Your Marriage by Restoring the Man. For further information, visit the Fortified Spouse at www.fortifiedspouse.com. Thank you.